This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome all to another episode of Double Tap. It is Tuesday, it's the 6th of June 2023. And today it's all about WWDC and a headset. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you? I'm excited, sir. Very, very excited. How are you? Oh, do you know what? I am excited, too, because, yes, no, uh, Apple. No, no, I'm more excited no, than I you am. are. Okay. I am. And I'll tell you why. Because it happened. It, it did. finally happened, Sean Priest. Three little words that changed everything. One more thing. Hey! Oh. One more thing. One was... more thing. I'm going to play so that all happy. day today. That's going to be my ringtone. <laughs> That's it. I'm having that. Oh, how exciting was that? So, for people who haven't been following, uh, you know, people come here for the news. I don't know why, but they do. Yeah. And um, they come here and uh, we try to give you as much information as we can. And I want to put, just put the stall out right now. Sitting at my little stall, got my lemonade, got my yeah. cookies. Toast. Uh, toast on a stall? <laughs> toast on a stall? Oh, you mean from my new toaster? You mean uh, my smart toaster? Uh, well, yeah, smartish. By the way, Brock got in touch and said, keep the toaster. Mm. No way, Brock. Yep. Yep. Come on now, why? Brock says, keep the toaster. You are talking my language when it comes to smart toast. I'm all in on smart toast. It's not smart. That's the point. It's not. Let's not go there. No, okay, don't. Fine. Okay, stop fine. it. Fine. We had this debate yesterday. Fine. Uh, but yes, uh, we are going to uh, delve into everything WWDC. But look, you know, I know a lot of people love to dive in and they want their hot takes and they want to jump oh. right in and give all their opinions and give their reviews immediately and you know yes. jump on the WWDC bandwagon. But actually, here at Double Tap, we are going to take our time. Because we have the luxury of time. We have an yes. hour every day. Uh, unless, of course, you know, we get a call. Uh, God bless you, Mr. F. <laughs> but fingers crossed we have an hour every day. And uh, we're just going to take our time. We're, gonna, we're just going to walk our way through this, step our way through this, because there's a lot to unpack from WWDC, and there will be more to unpack. I think the, the thing to remember here is Worldwide Developer Conference is a week-long event. And we get the headlines, essentially, at the, at the beginning, which is the keynote address that happened yesterday. We, we get the big announcements, of course. And then what we start to learn about is how all these tools will work and how developers obviously can then create their apps. And that's really the function of this, is to allow the developers to understand what tools they have in order to create the next big apps. Now, normally, when we have WWDC, we get a little bit excited about you know maybe a new phone or a new piece of kit, but ultimately the developers are just learning about these new tools, and it's always kind of the same devices, right? It's okay, but what new tool have I got in Apple Watch to play with, or you know what new f- function in Mac or or whatever? Mm. Whereas this time round we have a, have a whole new product category to play with. Yes, one more thing. That's right. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> uh, we have. Uh, one- <laughs> Brand new, <laughs> liking this. Uh, we have a whole new product category uh, to talk about, and that is Apple Vision Pro, which is very, very exciting. So over the course of the next few days, we're going to delve into all this. We're going to get lots of different opinions as well. Uh, today, we're going to kick things off with, uh, I guess, a conversation around the blind view on this from uh, AMI contributor. He was on Kelly and Ramia. As the announcement of Apple Vision Pro was announced Aww. yesterday, Michael was actually <laughs> on with Kelly and Ramia live and missed the announcement. Can you believe that? Well, you know, Kelly and Ramia, fantastic place to be as well. But um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> we but, watched uh, it. We, uh, we were watching it. And uh, of course, we'll bring you more information 
uh, throughout the course of this hour and through the week. Uh, but, you know, let's bring in Michael Babcock and, uh, you know, get his take on all this. Michael Babcock, welcome to Double Tap. Thanks for having me. Give us some reaction, Michael Babcock. What are you uh, taking from all this um, news? Because, of course, we had uh, wonderful news about uh, macOS, iPadOS now supporting PDFs. That was exciting, of course. Uh, everyone was very <laughs> excited about that. Uh, I believe it had the health app now on there. Uh, AirPods, uh, airplane hotels, SharePlay comes to the car. Oh, lots of exciting stuff. Anything stand out for you? I am going to be at a convention the first week of July. And unfortunately, not everyone will have iOS 17, but being able to share contact details by bringing phones together stood out to me and then picking and choosing what details you want to actually share with them. I am excited for that. That is cool, isn't it? I mean, that's another industry gone. Business cards. Who needs a business card? Now you just tap your phone together. Beautiful. Do you remember Bump on Android like 10 years ago, 12 years ago? (laughs) Yes, that's right. This isn't the first time we've seen this, right? No, it's not. But I think Apple's going to make it so it's, it's standard for people to just be like, okay, let's share our contact information. Again, if you're in the Apple ecosystem. If you're an Android, well... Good luck. Yeah. Well, you know, the only answer is buy an, an iPhone. I mean, that really is the only option you have left because everything that was coming out, I mean, all these features, especially in iOS and in macOS, I mean, a lot of the features were, you know, transferable between iOS, macOS and iPadOS because of the nature of them. But, you know, just really interesting to see how things have moved on and how closed in that system can be. Um but yeah, I mean, look, that's not the headline. Let's be honest, guys. I mean, yeah, well, I was kind of interested with the Mac Pro. The cheese grater is back with its M1 internals. Uh, you know, we've got this Mac Studio. We've got the 15-inch MacBook Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a headset, guys. Have you ever got a headset? <laughs> oh, well, <sighs> I'm, I'm emotionally spent. I'm telling you, because we were rattling through feature, 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 new mm. thing, feature, feature, feature. And then we were thinking... Okay, it's getting on a bit now. They're not. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And then he did it. Tim <laughs> did the. Oh, and one more thing. And me and Stephen both we went. Yay! Yay! <laughs> like we were teenage groupies. It was a disgraceful show from us. I told you to was... a twelve-year-old girl at a Justin Bieber, <laughs> if that's still a thing, concert. Um, it was so exciting. Yeah. My initial reaction is I'm I'm mixed. I know they're going to make it accessible. I don't know what they're going to do to make that accessible. And I also don't know where this is going to fit into my particular life. But mm. probably in the next year, two years, three years, uh, I, I know that's a long frame, but eventually I will have one for sure. Uh, my wife's interested in it because Disney Plus is available on it and she wants to watch it. And I'm like, well, that's an expensive way to watch Disney Plus. <laughs> You know, you know, it's on your phone, right? It's on like an app, <laughs> right? Or the Apple TV that's mounted on the wall in our room. You know? I'm sure you can still pick up a 3D TV somewhere <laughs> from ten years ago, right? Uh, if you just want the 3D experience, I know, I, you, know just what? Tell, I, you know what? Just tell her it's AR, but it's actual reality, not yes. augmented reality. <laughs> that's, that's it. You see, it's just a thing. It's just buzzwords. I am totally with you, though, Michael. I am so excited about this from a technical point of view from a tech nerd point of view absolutely amazing so many companies seem to have tried to do what apple have delivered on hopefully i mean we don't know until we get it in our hands right um but a full field of view augmented reality and being able to dial in the intensity of the mixture of digital content versus the real world environment absolutely amazing and at that resolution if it's as good as they say no one's been able to do that after pumping billions into the virtual reality market i mean oculus haven't got there um meta even with their billions invested in haven't got there this just seems like apple have swooped in and just totally killed everything off dead um, if it's as good as they say it is, and I've seen no reason to doubt them on this, absolutely amazing. But at the same time, it's very visual. I mean, the clues in the name. Uh, how is this going to be better for me than, um, I don't know. Well, yeah, basically, yes, because I'm just going to be relying on the... The, the only thing is the, the 12 cameras and a LiDAR sensor on your face. I mean, that's what I want. But can I have it without the, which I'm sure is the most expensive element of this entire headset, the display? Can you take that away and give it to me for 300 bucks? <laughs> this is the point, right? That it's, it's, there's cameras on there. Yeah, there's something, that, right? That surprised me. When I heard that, I'm like, really? Cameras? Because 
we all thought, at least I thought it was just going to have LIDAR if, if even that no cameras. So, you know, with, with be my eyes and on the, on the headset maybe, or Ira, you know, that, that right there opens it up. It's an expensive headset. 3,500 US dollars. <sighs> That's a little more than I want to spend on an Ira headset. <laughs> Plus you got to carry a battery pack in your pocket. From all the rumors we had heard, this is a bit I'm interested in. What, of all the rumors you heard, what surprised you most about this? The fact that I could just look at a Mac Mini, and I say that from someone who has no sight at all, but look at a Mac, and then all of a sudden that is on the display, and you're able to interact with that. And if you can use your hand gestures to manipulate that Mac and you can hear that, then that means you could interact with that Mac wirelessly without even touching anything and then use a keyboard or a trackpad when you actually need to input text if that's even necessary. And we don't know what's necessary and what's not now, but that really intrigued me because I'm like, oh, I can just look over towards this Mac and maybe be able to activate it by looking at it and have it start working. And that was pretty cool. I have a theory regarding this device. Uh, Yes, off the back of this announcement i have a theory uh i think this is going to be the best thing that blind people could ever buy i think this is going to be the one product in a blind person's life they will want to have now it's interesting i've been going back and forward on text with people over the past day just you know following this announcement and people saying to me are you mad Stephen? come on it's a visual device it presents the world in front of you. It's all about vision. How accessible can this be? Well, look, we'll get to accessibility later, but I want to get to the point of this device and the key word, cameras. Cameras in there. Yep. LiDAR scanner. If you imagine right now all the companies who are developing headsets for visually impaired people that can help enhance the vision they have that cost way more than this device... That is why this is the best product for blind people, because you will get all the benefits of all of the you know technology that has been perhaps invented through existing headsets into this one device. Off the bat, I'm thinking about Be My Eyes, and I'm thinking about the work they've yeah. done so far. And you know, Mike Buckley from Be My Eyes told us on this show, this is all about you know getting a headset, having live video, being able to be translated in real time, but even just taking pictures, holding something up on, you know, in front of you and taking a picture of it and being able to get, you know, automatic response through voice input. That is where this is going to go. This is where things will be interesting. Now, it may require, uh, again, we'll get to the accessibility and how that will all work, but, you know, I think this is going to be incredible. And then just before we came on, I, I took a look at some of the options that are out there today, right? This is what's out there today in this space. So if you think about headsets that are a similar size and style to what will be the Apple Vision Pro, Iris Vision Live, $4,000 yep. Canadian. All right, so these are Canadian prices. Esight 4, 8750 Canadian dollars. Wow. Okay. Or Cam, which of course attaches onto the side of a gla- pair of glasses, $4,500. Envision glasses starting at $3,500. Envision, Iris Vision, I should say, Inspire, $5,500. I mean, you know, people are saying to me, this is a lot of money for a blind person to spend. So is that. Yes. Welcome to Specialized Tech. Yeah. (laughs) When you put it in perspective, all of a sudden, $3,500 for a headset that's going to give you so much freedom is not bad. It's a bargain. I mean, look, time will tell on all of this, but I think this will be a very interesting product. So something that I don't think uh, I didn't think about until we were talking about it here, you know, with all the on-device learning that your iOS device and macOS device will provide you and the fact that you can do now facial recognition in photos. And one of the things they announced is it can even recognize cats and dogs. Can you imagine when your headset that has 12 cameras on it sees someone who's already in your photos has been identified and says, hey, Mallory's walking in or something like that. And all that could be done potentially on device. And that's kind of exciting. Absolutely. And let's not forget, when we go back to the specs of this thing, it's running an M, was it an M2 or an M1? Either way, it's running M2, Apple, M2, M2. a, a silicon yep. chip there, and also the new R1 chip for real-time processing of the sensor data. So absolutely that's possible, right? That that response time, monitoring all of those sensors, 12 cameras, six mics, LiDAR sensors, all of that in real time 
That's absolutely. And, and the, the amount of time we've got until this is actually released, the developer development time on this, who knows what apps are, are going to become available. And these are absolutely possible. I think every other smart glasses, wearable headset company out there are having meetings right now <laughs> as the event is finished. <laughs> They're getting together and saying, what do we do now? Because unless they slash their prices, that's it. You're done. What are the O&M impl- implications for this as well? Uh, yeah. For someone who might live in a rural community who can't get someone to come out and, and work with you, does that mean potentially someone could send a headset and if you could do a live video so someone could watch you in live time? I, I think there could be some huge implications there for an underserved group of individuals so we'll see what they do and what they offer with this headset for sure this is going to change everything again i mean like the way the iphone changed everything i remember the days when people would talk about tablets and you would just laugh at the idea of using a tablet who's going to pick up a slab of glass and walk around with it and use it like a tablet i mean with a pen come on oh hello ipad we love you. And now we'll stab away at our <laughs> Apple Watches. You know, we, it, it just, to me, it, it's like, I'm not saying that, that they get it right all the time. The Apple Watch is probably a case in point where I don't think they get it right all the time. And it's still a product which feels a little bit wanting uh, in its own space. I think there's a lot there. But I think this is a category that is clearly something people are interested in. Time will tell. Apple has a reputation here. And they have a reputation of when they do things, they do it right. If this product is to succeed, it's got to get this right. It has to get it right on the first go because this is already a shaky category as it is. But then again, so was touchscreen phones, so were iPad tablets. Did you guys also see my favorite feature coming to iOS, uh, iOS 17 is transcripts of voice messages and mm. messages. That is amazing. And I am super excited for that because I have been guilty of rambling on myself, which means I talk to other people yes. that ramble on too. And I just want to read what you say as fast as voiceover says it because you don't talk as fast as voiceover. Absolutely right. I love that feature because I always send audio messages because I just can't stand taking the time to type anything. But then I hate listening to them. It's just, I, I just what are the points of it and this is the best of both worlds right absolutely fantastic and it does it in um iMessage and also in facetime you can um listen to well leave facetime voicemails basically and have real life tra- uh, real time transcription in there fantastic yeah that was that was pretty cool um so they use the example of if you're in a meeting and someone uh, a loved one calls you and is leaving you a voicemail you can see as they're leaving the voicemail if it's something you need to step away for or if it's something you can deal with after the meeting and that to me was like huh i could see a use for that really in a lot of places and now facetime calls are going to get voicemails which is interesting i'm not sure how i feel about that because that's just another box of messages to check Mm. that i probably will forget to check yeah, it's interesting though that that I was mentioning earlier, kind of joking around a little bit about iPadOS PDF support, which wasn't the biggest news in the world, but there was something really interesting in there. So if you take a picture of a document, which is a form you have to sign, it will actually turn the text fields into editable text, and then you can use autofill to fill those blanks in. I mean, that's going to make address. a lot yeah. of forms more accessible, especially you know forms if you have to sign legal papers. You'd be able to do that much more easily. You can obviously do a signature with, either, I guess, your finger or with a pen. But, you know, incredible. And this will work across PDFs as well. So I think it might even make PDFs more accessible. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there's some cl- more collaboration on those PDFs and being able to work with someone else while you're getting that form filled out, which might help uh, for both people who have uh, uh, physical disabilities and not being able to see the document and also people with cognitive uh, impairments as well. If you need someone to remote in and help you with filling out a PDF file and you also don't have to say, hey, before you activate the uh, smart assistant too. Yeah, which, I mean, again, I could care less because it just means it's one less <laughs> word to say, which is usually abuse flung in her general direction for being terrible at answering my questions. That was a disappointment, though, wasn't it? There was no update to Siri. I mean, they did mention the transformative language model that's used in dictation and, you know, mm-hmm. assuming that's going across. There was uh, something that was quite big, I think, that which went sort of under the radar, which was the ability to give multiple commands in one command. I mean, yes. nothing else has done that yet. That was promised a long time ago in other smart speakers and never arrived. So you could say, you know, turn on the heating and 
do blah, 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 um, which is actually a really big deal. It's just that Siri is just so useless at doing anything at the moment. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference, but let's hope that changes. Um, I want to mention macOS as well. The new name for the latest edition will be Sonoma. Now, uh, Michael, you live in America. What, what is that relevant to something? Yeah, what does that, that mean? Is that a place? So did they mention anything else on Mac OS? Because, oh, no. Oh, so right. so okay. to me, it's, okay. it's not, to me, and I'm not a wine, a huge wine drinker. I mean, if someone's buying me a bottle of wine, I'll drink it. But apparently that is a place where you can go and explore wine vineyards and stuff. So oh. I'm not familiar with it personally, but I should be because they're just south of me. So they don't sell Iron Brew. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so the new name is Sonoma uh, and lots of stuff in there. Better wallpapers, widgets coming. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but I was interested in this. Safari is getting a new feature where you can turn every website or any website, frankly, into an app of its own. Strips out all the nonsense of Safari, the actual browser, and turns it basically into a web app. That is going to be interesting. Because that will actually, in, in theory at least, make some of these websites a little bit more accessible, if nothing more than just keeping you out of the toolbar for five seconds, uh, which in Safari and indeed any browser on the, on the Mac on the side Mac. I'm stuck in. yeah, That's the proviso on the iPhone. Absolutely. I'm sure this does this if you just save a website to your home screen on the iPhone. Well, that's a link. Yeah, no, no. But no, it, it, if you save It just opens some- up the web page in, in the browser. <laughs> Yes, but no, it strips out. It strips out the toolbar. I am, I am a thousand percent unsure about that. Well done. <laughs> I remember something being available <laughs> where you can save uh, uh, web pages to your home screen, and then those turn into mini apps that can even Thank do you. push notifications. Thank I don't you. know about stripping things out, but I, I know where you're going there, Sean. The other thing about macOS is widgets, and and you kind of glossed over it, Stephen. But the fact is, with widgets is. What I think is kind of cool is you don't have to have the apps installed on the Mac, but you can bring widgets over from your phone. And because the widgets are going to be more interactive, let's say you have a reminders widget with a list of reminders, you can put that anywhere on your Mac, not have to have reminders open, and potentially use a keystroke to jump over there and check reminders off, which means things might get completed faster. And uh, the widgets uh, are now going to be interactive on iOS and uh, iPad OS. And then you can bring them over to your Mac and interact with them too. Yeah. Sean and I have absolutely no concept of any kind of list. So we would never use that feature, but I, no. I, I applaud you <laughs> for using it, Michael. It's, can we, can we yeah. not just recognise that widgets are still incredibly clunky on the they iPhone? Yes. Have you tried doing yes. it on the lock screen? I'm just bashing away. I'm pawing away at the screen like a kitten at a TV of a, a picture of a mouse. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I just can't a beautiful get my... image. Thank you very much. I am working on my uh, analogies and metaphors. Um, I, I just can't get my head around they, them, them working. So widgets really don't interests me but Mm. with that being said on the apple watch a totally different story because i'm not a fan of complications on um watch faces um i don't think they're that great like um i have just press record and voice in a can so i can access the echo voice assistant from my apple watch and just take down quick recordings fantastic but it can be a bit of a pain it's not always focused going directly to where I think it's going to go, whereas just turning the digital ground crown to uh, jump to a Just Press Record widget or a Lady A widget would be much more, I think, easier and much more accessible. So I'm actually quite excited by widgets coming to uh, watchOS 10. I think that's going to be cool. And AirPods got a bit of an update as well. I think this adaptive audio thing is, is kind of something which people gloss over quite a lot, actually. It's a brilliant feature, and you know, ultimately, it you know, as I've experienced on a subway train, you know, when you're on one of those, they are so noisy, and it being able just to dull that background noise is incredible. But they've kind of upped the game a little bit on that. So now, as you move around a space, you know, if you talk to someone, I, I assume all this has to be set up. But you know, you you would talk to someone, it would be able to understand that someone's talking to you. Although how that works, I don't know. Um, and then you Sancor have a- frames have that feature already. Oh, interesting. As soon as yeah, it sort picks of the up Samsung voice. Buds, too. Oh, yeah. oh well, okay. All well, right, sorry. I'm excited. Uh, and, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't have any of those. I've got AirPods. So, Would uh, you trust it, though? Would you trust So it gave the example there of, you know, um, a, a bike going past you, ringing its bell, where mm-hmm. it would it would turn up the, um, what they call it, pass-through. They call it transparency, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas the 
uh, noise cancellation would come in with something when it walked past a um, noise, uh, the noise of a leaf blower. Would you trust it? Could it distinguish between that and the the noise of a bus hurtling towards you when you're trying to cross a road? Yes, it will, but what will happen is it will dull the sound of the bus. (laughs) So when it does, in fact, hit you... It'll oh, you feel don't know quite relaxed. About- You'll feel quite uh, relaxed about it. That's, that's good then. I'm, I'm not sure. We're going to have to try them out in the well. You can in the wild. <laughs> I'll walk in front of a bus for double tap. Is that the, is that the idea? There's a few people. That's I think for the TV already, show, right? You know, it's funny. A few yes. people said that at the last meeting. They said, "Would you just walk in front of a bus, Stephen?" And, and I thought they were talking about a feature, but I wasn't yes. so sure. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, lots of stuff like this. Uh, I also quite like the whole mute thing when you're on a call. Uh, is this a new thing that you can now just tap to mute yes. yourself on a this call? This is new, and that's I'm cool. super excited about it. That is good. I, I often get stuck with the put my AirPods in, set my phone down, get everything going, get in the meeting, and then be like, where where did I set my phone down yep. again? And you know, if you <laughs> ask Siri, hey S person, where are you? Often it'll say you need to unlock your phone to find you. Well, I'm oh, asking where you are on, so I can I unlock my phone. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about hardware though, because of course we did get some new hardware. MacBook Air 15 inch, uh, that has finally been announced. Do you care, Michael Babcock? I care because my wife already told me she wants one, okay. and so that means we're going to have to buy one. So that's the only reason I care. I won't use a MacBook Air. Well, maybe a 15-inch I'd use. The little one, the 13-inch, is a little too small for me. Right now, my setup is a Mac Mini with just a MX Keys keyboard and no monitor or anything. But Is that my yeah, fault? We, Did I make you buy that again? Yes. yes. Oh, sorry. That's about, I think that's yeah. about the third one I've sold. Uh-huh. Maybe more than that, actually, because everyone keeps Why isn't Logitech giving you a commission? That's what I want to know. I get nothing. But, Actually, but yeah, that's not the, true. They did send me. They did send me the mechanical one, so I can't complain. <laughs> there you for go. the MacBook Air, though, for someone who needs a bigger form factor, like this is kind of cool. It's three pounds. They kept emphasizing this is the thinnest fifteen-inch laptop. Okay, that's that's good to know. Uh, and it's three pounds uh, is what it comes out for the weight. And they're saying eighteen hours. These will sell like sweets out of the Apple Store. They really yep. will. Also, there's MagSafe, two USB-C, uh, also a headphone jack on there, which wow, is still good. That is terrible. Yeah, the MacBook Airs have always been, well, fairly recently been like that. Um, there's not a lot, of, uh, <laughs> a lot of port options on there. But, you know, 18-hour battery life at the, at the, with the you know, M2 that's in there, it's twice as fast as a, an i7 Intel. And, you know, obviously you know, half the heat as well. Yes. Um, price-wise starts from 1199 but the others have been brought down in price as well, I think by $100. And then we moved on to the Mac Studio, which now gets M2 Max and M2 Ultra. Uh, apparently four times faster than the fastest PC, whatever that means. Uh, up to 192 gig of RAM, if you need it. Wow. It can run six studio displays. Uh, you know, because you might need that. And uh, $2,000 is your price to start with. Obviously, that will go up to humongous amounts of dollars when you start customizing yeah, let's, it. Let's, let's just think about that. That M2 Ultra chip. I mean, they mentioned 76 cores. Yes, GPU, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, the GPU was was uh, something else. But, I mean, just 76 cores in the in the processing core itself. I mean, that's insane. It, it's going to be amazing. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the amount of capability these things have. And then, of course, you move on to the Mac Pro, which, you know, at this point, you know, the MacBook Air is overkill for most of us, right? I mean, let's be honest about it. Uh, the Mac Pro is just, uh, you know, if I decide to become Steven Spielberg and create a new movie, then fair enough. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yes. You know, I'm, I, I'll buy the Mac Pro just to see if I get busy, busy on Safari, right, with voiceover. I, you know, I, I, even then I probably will. So, you know, Mac Pro, <laughs> M2 Ultra, it gets, again, up to 192 gig of RAM. Uh, huge amounts of customization options. Don't know about the wheels, though. I didn't mention the wheels. But yeah, the starting price, six nine nine nine. I'll <laughs> like, buy two. Two Vision Pros for that price. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's, right. That's <laughs> two Vision Pros. Uh, so lots and lots of stuff there. Uh, of course, it's been an interesting event. Everyone's going to be talking about Vision Pro, as indeed we will be. Um, so here's the ultimate question for you. Will you buy Vision Pro? Yes. At some point, I will buy Vision Pro. Probably not on day one. I'm going to let Stephen buy it first or, you know, someone else buy it first and tell me their thoughts about it. But yes, I I think Vision Pro is going to be something that will be in my life. I don't know how it's going to fit yet, but I do see that at some point I will have one. Yeah. And we'll be talking more about Vision Pro 
very shortly. Thank you, Michael Babcock. And uh, he, of course, is a regular with uh, AMI's Kelly and Ramea on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Uh, stick around. More talk about Vision Pro as Double Tap continues on AMI-audio. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Yeah, and do get in touch and tell us your thoughts on Apple's WWDC keynote address, if you got the chance to uh, watch along and listen along. One of the great things, of course, uh, that I want to mention is the audio description that they have on these events, which, you know, because they're pre-recorded, they can have that description already in there uh, right away so we can follow along, not later, but actually as it happens, which is just brilliant. And that's something I think, Sean, that, you know, we kind of overlook because it's Apple sometimes. We go, well, of course they're going to do that. But yes. actually when you watch other events and you don't have that description, it's um, it can be quite annoying, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yes, to put it mildly, of course. Yeah. And, and also there was the option for American Sign Language, as mm. well. I mean, you know, I, I wonder if they ever will go back to a live show because honestly, I just think this is better. I agree. I think the production element they can do, and I think because of the kind of products they're selling, it kind of has to have, I think these days, that cinematic approach. You know, especially when you talk about Apple Vision Pro, I mean, the whole thing is that they're selling this experience. Yes. And to try and do that live on a stage would be quite difficult, whereas they can do so much with this and you know i can imagine i was saying to someone i can imagine what the next apple event would look like inside vision pro it would be amazing oh yeah i imagine i know it's just what would a live show bring you i keep saying show should say keynote i suppose mm. uh, what would yeah, a live like a show keynote? Though, isn't it? <laughs> it is i mean you get the audience interaction but a lot of the time, I don't think you actually need those whoops and wheeze because we're doing that ourselves. I must admit, Woo! yeah, I, I, when, as soon as we heard... One more thing. We were <laughs> screaming like children. It was ridiculous. Oh, it so, was so good. Let's talk about this headset because one of the questions I think a lot of us have is, and, and interestingly, even for the people who were there, actually at WWDC, who, you know, the journalists who got in, and the developers who got a chance to look at this, they all said the same thing. We could only look. We couldn't touch. Uh, they weren't allowed to touch these devices. Also, mm -hmm. no picture has emerged of Tim Cook wearing one. And there's a lot of questions as to why. Why, why did no one test this? Why was it not shown off in that way? Now, mm. that's not to say uh, there's anything weird going on. It might just be that, look, we're at a very early stage with this. Um Clearly, there's a lot of work to be done. They maybe just don't want to risk any flaws, any issues uh, so early Apple's on. Way. This, this isn't you know unheard of before. No. I, I know they've done this. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, but there was a time where you know it was on display, a product was on display, but you couldn't go hands-on with it. Obviously, Apple's thing is you're not touching this until we think it's the right time. You can, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a little look at it, but no touching. So I don't think that's necessarily a a sign of anything bad whatsoever. So I think in order to try and kind of give someone an, an idea of what this looks like and indeed maybe feels like, I think we have to think about virtual reality headsets. If you've ever had a chance to try one, feel one, experience it, essentially what you're thinking about, and I know that the phrase or the, the word ski goggles are used a lot. but That's, that's all probably, I'm hearing. Yeah, and that's that's the best way to think about this. Because ultimately, we're talking about a headset which is pretty much front-heavy in that that is where all the, the capability is, all the technology is inside the front section, um, which is like a pair of ski goggles, but has that glass on the front of it. Uh, it has the cameras built in inside that, so they actually peer through the glass. They're kind of covered off, so it kind of almost looks like the cameras aren't there. Uh, they also have a screen instead of the ability to see through, although you can apparently peer through these, you can look through them, but you're actually looking through cameras as opposed to looking, you're, you know, you're looking at screens rather than looking directly through the glass. Yeah, it's a video feed, isn't it? And they do, they were very keen to point that out in every example video where they're showing off a feature. It was someone walks up and picks up some popcorn and then goes and sits in a chair while wearing 
the Vision Pro. They yeah. were very sure to highlight that point that you can wear these and still see what's going on around you. But I think that's important. And I think there's, again, when we come to the accessibility part of this, and it's very early days on that front, but I can see so many uses for this application. And I think about exactly how eSight works. This is very similar. That's what eSight does. It, you you, you it is. look through, but you're actually looking through cameras, you know, through through the screens inside the device. So and there is a, yeah. a positive and a bonus and a benefit to that is that if you're doing that, then that video feed that you're getting can be manipulated. So you yes. can turn up the contrast again, very eSight. You can turn up the contrast on the real world or turn down the brightness maybe in some cases. And if we're talking that sort of processing power inside this unit, because again, this isn't connected to your iPhone. This isn't running off your phone processing power at all, which were some of the rumors. This is all self-contained. Um, you can start to highlight objects. I recognize that's the shape of a person. You know what? I need a uh, highlighted outline to that person. So I always see where someone is or maybe uh, you know where their eyes would be on their face so I can give some sort of eye contact. I mean, you know, it, it, the potential is absolutely amazing. This all comes down to the developers and the apps that we get when it comes to us using this device. Yeah. So you've got these goggles, front heavy, front loaded, essentially, and then you have a similar size of um, fabric that goes around the back of your head and that sits over the back of your head and you have straps that connect the two pieces together. So you have the fabric, which is the headband that goes around your head, not over your head, but around the back of your head that slips on. And then these straps come forward and they connect and lock in place onto the device. And you can get different sizes, I guess, to customize. I mean, it's going to be like the Apple Watch, isn't it? You'll have different sizes that of you course. can buy. They don't miss a trick. No, but, but this is the smart thing about it. This is, again, the thought, rather than just saying one size fits all. And you know, anyone who's tried something like the Oculus Quest or any of these devices can often feel them very uncomfortable. Now, early reports from people who are there and who have been able to put this on their head have said, you know, yes, the experience is interesting. Yes, in some cases, absolutely brilliant. But also, it does still feel like you're wearing a very heavy headset. And that is going to be one of the challenges for this, mm -hmm. especially in the early days. I think when we get to version three or four, I think, yes, we're going to be seeing a very different device. And the capability will be incredible because they'll just minimize and minimize and minimize as much as they can. But in this first edition, it is going to feel like you're wearing that headset. So how long you could sit and wear this, I don't know. Also important to say you do have a battery pack, which is separate, and it goes in your back pocket and you just connect it with a MagSafe connector. Um... Some people not liking that, but then how else do you keep this thing going? I mean, you have to have extra power in there. And, and they say the by taking life? the... Uh, well, they said, I think, three hours or four hours, I think, was the maximum. But again, I guess you could probably swap out. They must have some kind of battery in there that I would allow you to they, swap out. I thought they mentioned something like, and I, you know, I don't can't quite remember. I'm sure they said, like, two hours battery life standalone, but then when you use the battery pack, it was almost all day. Um. Which sounds absolutely oh, amazing that. to me. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I did pick up on that, but then I was so excited and maybe I just dreamt it. But um, either way, I mean, fantastic. Now, in terms of the experience, this is where things get interesting for us because, you know, okay, so for everyone else, this is all about being able to sit down and watch a 100-inch Netflix you know, program and you can be immersed in it in front of you. Uh, in your own living room. So, you know, there we go. That's TV sales disappeared. Um, yep. you know, <laughs> Sorry, Sorry you've got, TV. You've got audio, which is, you know, spatialized audio inside these. So essentially AirPods are built in, but they don't go in your ears. They just sort of the sound floats around your head, which gives you that real sense of, of you actually being in the environment. And that works with calls. And of course, you are essentially looking... At, you know, through this, at say, for example, two screens or three screens on your computer desk, but they're not really there. They're just floating in virtual space. And then, you know, a window could pop up and that could be a FaceTime call and you just turn to it and you just, you know, use your hands to, you know, essentially point to the FaceTime call to the answer button, or even you can look at the answer button and it will answer the call. I guess you can speak that speak, as well. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots and lots of aspects to this, which for a lot of people will be brilliant. And, you know, you imagine people sitting on work calls all day, going to a hotel, having to do work, not having, you know, the, the ability to have your entire setup with you. 
you know, one thing I thought for someone who works, you know, all day perhaps and sits in a hotel to do their work because they're working remotely, you know, you can take your MacBook, you can open up your MacBook, you look at the screen and then you look up and that screen comes out of the MacBook and appears as a gigantic 55-inch screen or whatever size you want in front of you. So, you know, you can really see how this is going to work for a lot of people. What about us? Now, there's a big conversation here, and we do not know the answers to this. So let me walk you through what we do know. And as of yesterday, after, as of last night, we know it will have voiceover. That has been confirmed. And in fact, it's going to have a lot of the accessibility features you already know. Support for MFI hearing devices, spoken content, color filters, audio description, braille, support per app settings, voice control, bold text, background sounds, dwell control, pointer control, voiceover, reduce white point, button shapes, the accessibility shortcut will be in there, assistive touch, zoom, dynamic type, which makes the whole text larger across the device, reduce transparency, subtitles, closed captions, switch control, full keyboard access, image descriptions, guided access, reduce motion, left-right balance, mono audio, and type to city. Everything, basically, that you've come to know about devices will be in there. I don't think they've missed anything off there. I saw so many remarks saying about, uh, you know, oh, eye tracking, eye tracking. This is going to be totally useless to us. You know, we both suffer from the stagmus, mm. uh, which you, which we both said at the time. Well, that's going to make things difficult to highlight an icon. But um, obviously, like with attention on Face ID with the iPhone, I, I'm assuming when voiceover comes on, that's going to be, you know, disabled or you can choose to put it back on, I'm sure. Um, you can navigate using your head gestures. One thing I, I would like to know, though, when it comes to gesturing in the air, pinching and other things like that to manipulate apps, you don't have to do that right in front of your face, do you? Because that would be annoying. I'm hoping because of the many, many cameras here, you could do it on your, you know, on your knees, almost do the gestures and it would pick that up. That would be really cool. But I mean, all of those accessibility features, zoom, especially for low vision people being able to zoom in I know. on the Vision Pro, absolutely amazing. Zoom in on a already wall-sized uh, movie, fantastic. Zoom in on real life. I mean, you know, you imagine that someone's holding someone up, something up in front of you yeah. and you say, can you I see can this? And you're able just to zoom in on that. I mean, that alone would be incredible. And I think that's where this capability of, because you're looking through these screens, and I've all, I always thought when I first saw the eSight, I thought, wow, the potential here is amazing. And these specialist devices can do all this already, but that's all they can do. Whereas this has got so much more capability. You know, it's got everything in there because it's basically a computer. That's it. It's an entire computer inside your head. Yeah, and not just, uh, oh, it's running on some sort of, you know, really low-powered ARM processor yeah. here, although it is ARM processor. The, the difference is, wow, this is an M2 and the R1 chip there. This, the, the power in this thing is absolutely amazing. I honestly, I can't wait. And I heard so many people, and I want to pick you up on this because people may be saying, hang on, Stephen, in part one there, you said, it's a bargain. <laughs> and, you know, all I keep seeing is That's the, the price, the price, the price. But that list, I mean, Orcam, eSight, yeah. you know, all of them, Envision glasses. And it's always been, okay, this is for a niche market. Um, but we're so used to paying these sort of prices anyway. Actually, this is a bargain. You are absolutely right. For I, what say it this, is. I say this from the, the point of view of someone who is blind, as, as are you. We look at this in a very different way. Yes. And, you know... A lot of people who work in, in mainstream tech would never understand what we mean by this. But let me try and explain it. Because if you think to yourself, well, hang on, how can three and a half grand be a bargain? You've got to understand that in our world, everything's about five grand, right? So everything starts there. You know, braille devices, specialist devices, all that stuff starts at a very high price and always has done and always will do. Now, this is going to come in and do so much more than just those devices, because you would always need the specialist device and your phone next to you and yes. the computer next to you and this, and you're not going to be able to integrate it all. Now, that's not to say, and it was interesting because we, we did touch on this a little bit with Michael, that's not to say that these companies don't have a future. I think they do. And I actually remember saying, I think on this show years ago, if a company like Orcam was smart, 
they will be developing everything they're doing now in the hardware space and the software space into an app. That's yeah. the smart move. Because if you can create a piece of tech, you know, for example, you know, a, an app that can do what OrCam can do, the OrCam app, essentially, then that's it. You know, if that becomes a subscription model, then that's it. You know, if eSight becomes an app, that's an option. You can take all the learning, all the capability, because let's be honest about it, Apple are not going to do all that. So no. that's, they are providing the platform. It's up to companies like eSight, like OrCam, like Iris Vision to come up with the tools that can go into that headset. And that makes it the value for us. Because can you imagine having OrCam, eSight, Iris Vision, Envision, Ira, Be My Eyes, all on the one device? Yep. Not having to spend or at least get a mortgage on a second property just to pay all that off. That's just what things get exciting. So, look, before we go, because we're running out of time this hour, but I want to just quickly bring in a little bit from the State of the Union, as they call it, uh, which is an event that follows the uh, main event, the main keynote. And this kind of goes into, I guess, some of the headlines specifically for developers. So, this is focused at developers, but they did talk a little bit about accessibility on the Vision Pro. Let's listen into that. The spatial computing opens up great new opportunities for accessibility. On Apple Vision Pro, users with physical and motor disabilities can interact with their device entirely with their eyes or their voice or a combination of both. Users can also select with their index finger, their wrist, or their head as an alternative pointer for navigating Vision Pro. You'll make your apps accessible on Vision OS with the same techniques you use for years on our other platforms. Accessibility Inspector analyzes and reports accessibility issues in your Vision OS apps and gives you suggestions on how to make them more accessible. And with the accessibility support built into our frameworks, it's easy to bring your Vision OS apps and experiences to users with disabilities. For example, you can help VoiceOver describe objects in your apps to users who are blind or have low vision by adding labels and descriptions that convey information, like an object's physical appearance. You can also incorporate user preferences to make your apps more accessible by design, such as dynamic type for larger text sizes, reduced transparency for better legibility, and alternatives to headlock content. So that's just a little bit of information about what is uh, capable for developers, the tools they can use to start developing applications for this platform. And it has to be said, I think there's six or even maybe seven accessibility sessions in amongst the 150 or so sessions that are taking place across the week for WWDC. And a lot of focus on accessibility, which I think is brilliant. And the accessibility team clearly doing a lot of work there, which is brilliant. I mean, there is a kind of irony in all this that, you know, as I was yesterday going through my notes and I was typing away on Ulysses, as I love to do. Um, I was typing away, listening to all this wonderful stuff, getting really excited about Vision Pro, and then couldn't work out what line of text I was on because it kept rereading everything I was <laughs> arrowing to. And I'm thinking, hang on, this what line am I on here? And it was losing focus a little bit. And then I was having an issue with my iPhone yesterday, thinking, oh, goodness, this wouldn't, this focus is all over the place here. And, you know, you think, oh, God, um... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe let's hope we get to some fundamentals as well in all this. And you know, let's just hope that the focus hasn't all been on Apple Vision Pro and we might actually get some updates that will fix the bugs that exist in the current macOS, yes. iOS operating systems. Absolutely. We say this, come on, Apple, these problems need addressing. We want communication. And then they say, We got this new thing. And we go, Oh, forget that. I want it. <laughs> it's shiny and new, but you're absolutely right. The early reports, and they're very early reports from journalists who've been playing with it, they're saying it is incredible and it is as good as they presented. Amazing. Which for a first gen product is really interesting. And I said earlier, you know, they've got to get it right out of the gate. You know, it's interesting because other products. You know, over the years, I think we're more we were more forgiving. Apple Watch, great example. Well, even iPhone. One, you know, Gen iPhone Zero. wasn't great when it started. I mean, it didn't even have accessibility in it at the beginning. No, exactly right. People forget that, right? So, you know, at the very early stage of a product, we were quite forgiving. The problem is the expectations have been brought up so much today that if a product comes out and it's not 100% perfect on day one, People write it off. And, you know, social media, especially the way that, that uh, bloggers and people can just very quickly go, terrible product, forget it. Yes. And that's it. It's written off. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but this is different. I think this will be different. I hope it is anyway. The one thing that is is different here about this product category versus any other product in this category, so, for example, the Meta Quest Pro or whatever maybe is out from other companies. I don't know much about this space other than the Meta Quest Pro. Um, I feel that we know accessibility is going to be in there because we've just been told it has and will have. So that makes it a more interesting proposition. You know, MetaQuest Pro is never going to have these features, which is why I'll never spend the money on it. And it is $2,000 cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, cheaper right. doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get the good. I do wonder what Mark Zuckerberg was thinking if he was watching that event. I'm sure he was. Um, because Meta, it feels, it feels like that whole thing, it was like Fisher Price toys, you know, kids' toys versus what we saw yesterday with Apple Vision Pro, you know, which was premium, yeah. high quality, and actually looked like a world people might want to be in because it wasn't, it wasn't selling a metaverse, but it kind of was. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Always, it's selling something. I, I've, I've got to say, to cut Facebook some slack here, sorry, meta, some slack here, nobody has been able to do this. It's all about that display, which is absolutely amazing, which is why it's going to do so well in the mainstream. But the accessibility angle from us is, you know, obviously huge as well with those cameras and LiDAR. Absolutely fantastic. I wonder how long it's going to be until we see these being worn about and no one, let's say, blinks an eye, um, just like it was with Bluetooth headset at the time. Yeah. There was a time when everyone felt absolutely ridiculous wearing a Bluetooth headset. Hey, nobody cares. I think this is going to be the same way. Let's yeah. wait to the middle of 2025 and everyone's going to be wearing one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll be joined by the wonderful Shelley Brisbane. She is the author of the iOS Access for All book. She'll be joining us to give us her low vision thoughts on all this. And on Thursday's show, we'll be joined by Colin Hughes. Uh, he has muscular dystrophy, and he is going to be talking about the physical uh, mobility side of all of this and how these kind of products will improve potentially his life and also Shelley's life as well. We'll also talk about some of the other announcements And, of course, we'll be talking about iOS 17 with some interesting new features. Of course, all those accessibility features we told you about a couple of weeks back, well, they're all in there inside the beta. It is downloading now. Expect demos coming soon. Uh, That, of course, plus your feedback. Keep it coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 1-877-803-4567. It's been a fun day. More tomorrow and more this week as our coverage of WWDC continues. Sean, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. One more thing. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.